Yeah. But we're still on Yud Dalit on my base. All right. Today, today's Dab is off Tes Vav. Page 15, but we're on Yud Dalit on my base still. We're on 14B. Uh, towards the bottom. Towards the bottom. And we got up to... Lai. Where? Lai, Beberia. This is the third wide line from the bottom. The second word. We're, we're in the middle of a, of a topic, and let's, let's remind ourselves uh, outside, and then we'll pick up from Lai. So what's happened over here is as follows. We're discussing the concept of Heilich. If somebody says to a messenger, please take this to somebody else. So we just discuss what happens if he says, please take this get, please take this uh, document of emancipation. What if you say, please take this money? And then the guy dies. The question is, when you say to him, please take it, does it mean that you also want him to give it or not? Like, is he taking it on behalf of the, of the recipient or not? So the fascinating case we were in the middle of is like this. Get ready. Ruvain... Follow me. It's not so complicated, but Shimon is the monkey in the middle. Reuven says to Shimon, deliver this money to Levi. He gets to Levi's house, and Levi's dead. So he goes back to Reuven, and Reuven's dead. They're both gone. So we had a machlekes in the Brisa, what to do. Okay, Either it goes to the inheritors of Levi, or it goes to the inheritors of Reuven, or Yachleiku, do a splitski. Or we said, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want, either way. Okay? And Rabbi Shimon on that Gemara told us that there was Mamish There's a story, Mamish like this, that happened, where you had a fellow like Shimon who got stuck. He was the monkey in the middle. And, uh, and ultimately, um, ultimately uh, the, the psak was... That Ahilach Lavkishi, what was Nachamo, uh, where was the Maisa? Yeah, he says, He went back to the inheritors of Ruvain. Right? So he says, it was a Maisa Shahaya, and the Psak from the Bezdan was, which go back to the inheritors of Ruvain. That was about uh, five lines before it gets wide. Okay. Says the Gemara like this We wanted to say that this is how to understand the Brysa, right? Shimon's in the middle. Not sure what to do. Everybody's coming with their with their own approach. Says the Gemara, you should know. Lai, no. Now, no means don't understand the brisa in the way that we just explained. And this is where we're going to pick up. Biberia, if you have somebody by the name of Reuven who's healthy, everybody will agree that when Reuven sends it to Levi. He doesn't intend for Levi, for Shimon to acquire it, to own it on behalf of Levi. He's not expecting to be uh, dead by the time this happens. And the case over here is Bishchibmeira. We're dealing with the Shchibmeira. So we're at the Machlagas in Rabbalazar and the Rabbana. Now, what's the Machlagas in Rabbalazar and the Rabbana about a Shchibmeira? A guy who's on his deathbed. The time we learned to the Mishnah. Hamachalik Nechosav Alpiv. A guy, before he passes away, he says to the Eilam around his bed, he says, Gertrude, 
the mansion should go to Sydney. The, uh, you know, the, um, all the, um, all the homes on Delancey Street, it should go to Sylvia. So it's going on and on. So one of the nurses, hospice, she says to the guy's wife, she says, wow, you guys seem to be pretty well off. He says, no, he's talking about his paper roots. Sending out his paper roots. All right. So here the case is, he's a mechalik nechos of alpiv. He's, a, he's, he's handing out his property before he passes away. Now, he's not writing it. He's not writing a will. He's telling Vailam what he wants. Rabbi Lozah says, Echad beria v'echad misukim, whether the person at the time that they spoke is completely healthy or whether he's in a situation of sakana, the halacha is we do not rely on that oral instruction. Rather, it's going to depend. If you have real estate, meaning the land that can have a lien on it, then the only way to acquire it is through money, a document, or by taking ownership, by establishing a chazaka, ownership over the property. And let's say it is, there's no, it's not lienable property, which is what we call metaltalin, it's movable property. How do you acquire metaltalin? It's through pulling it close. It's through an act of ownership. So just oral instructions is not going to hand over ownership, says Rabbi Allah. The Chacham Rabbi say wrong. Either way, whether we're dealing with real estate or whether we're dealing with uh, movable property, either way, it's acquired through speech. This guy says, I'm, this is who I'm handing it over to, and you have witnesses over here. And we'll prove to you we should rely on his oral command. My sir, there was a story. The Iman Shel Bnei Rachel, with Iman, who was the mother of Rachel, which was a man who she married, right? So, Shahisa um, Chayla, she was sick. Va'amra, and she said by her deathbed, "Tinosin, please give Kibinsi." Rashi says it's a nushka. Belaz, Anushka is a, uh, it's an ornament, it's a piece of jewelry. Libiti to my daughter. I want my daughter to get my earrings, you know, my ornament, whatever it was. Vihi bishnei masarmana. And it was a very valuable piece of jewelry. Umesa, and then the mother died. So did the daughter take it yet? She did not make a kinyan on it. But the mother let everybody know that she intended for this piece of jewelry to go to her daughter. Now, the do- now here's the problem. The daughter never acquired it. So is the piece of jewelry now part of the inheritance which goes to the sons or not? The Kibu Kham is Devarah. The Kham said no. The jewelry belongs to the daughter. The Kham were Makayim, the words of the mother. Because you see from here, say the Chachamim, speech gives an acquisition. Speech, as you see from here, that speech does allow the daughter to acquire it. Omar Lahem, Shabbalazar said back to them, no. B'nei Reichel, Tikvareim Imam. If you're dealing with the sons of Rachel, their mother should uh, their mother should bury them. What does it mean? This, the the mother should bury them. What it means is that they uh, he 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 felt that they were bali avera. That's basically what he was saying. And since they were bali avera, 
um, we don't want to mention their name, and maybe whatever happened in the story is not so clear by the way that they told it over. See, once people do Averis, you can't rely on how the story happened either. They could exaggerate, they could claim this, they can claim that. So over here, what are they coming? They're coming and saying, yeah, we know our mother said to our sister that it's hers, but there was never an equity. We, we don't trust anything they have to say. Don't bring up their names in the base madrash. These guys are, are, um, are uh, bad dudes. Don't even mention stories with them. You have no proof from any story that involves them. Says the Gemara. So we're not even talking about the issue. Exactly. Exactly. You, know, you just can't prove anything. Anytime their name comes up in a story, you can't prove any halach. Is this because their heirs caught in the Torah? It's because there's no clarity in Emma's. Yeah, there's no Emma's over here. Okay. Zakti the Tanakama, who in our case where Shimon gets stuck, follow me. Shimon gets stuck. He goes to hand it to Levi, Levi's dead. So he wants to give it back to Ruvain, Ruvain's dead. So Shimon's now holding on to it. The Tanakama had said that we go, it goes back to Ruvain's children, the sender's children. So he must hold like Rabbi Elazar, who says that we do, um, we, uh, we do not say that Shimon acquired it on behalf of Levi, and therefore it goes back to the original sender. Also hold like Rabbi Elazar, but they say, Even though Ruvain died, yeah, when he, he sent it and then he died, we don't say that there's a mitzvah and some say that uh, the opinion of giving it back to Ruvain follows Shitas Rabbanon, who say that when you verbalize something and you express something with your mouth, that's enough to give over ownership. And Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, who was quoting Sha'amar Mishum Rav Meir, who was quoting Rav Meir, Rabbi Elazar, he holds like Rabbi Elazar, who's of the opinion that whether or not the sender was healthy at the time or whether or not he was sick at the time, we're not going to say that the messenger acquired it. Miyu, however, Hecha Demis, if he died, Armina he does hold his Demis, and therefore, even though it doesn't, it should go back to him, should go back to Ruvain, his descendants, since there's a Mitzvah, that overrides it going back to Ruvain, and instead we're going to hand it over to the children of Shimon, Remember the Chum said, Shimon's in this predicament. He can't, he goes to Levi, Levi's dead. He wants to give it back to Ruvain, Ruvain's now dead. The Chum said, Yachleku, Divide it, you should split it. Why? They're Mesupik, how to paskin the Machlaikas, Tinra Belazar, Lachacham. They're Mesupik, as to what the Psakalach is, who to follow. And Mamela, what happens whenever you have a financial doubt? Yachlaiku, you divide it. We learned that in, in Bab Metzia, in, uh, in um, I'm sorry, in Steinbeichsen. Okay. In Steinbeichsen, Metalis. It's two people holding on to a talis. So the, that's the sugya of uh, what you do whenever you have a uh, financial doubt. The Kanomru and Bubble, they said, Shuda Adif, that it's up to him to decide how to give the money. Rav Shimon Anasi, Maisa Asalashmin, Rav Shimon Anasi is coming to tell over the story. Okay, just to end off this parak, our very first parak of Gittin, the Bailu, he asked the question, searching for information. Rav Shimon Anasi, Rav Shimon Anasi, Nasihu, I Mishmei Anasi Ka'amar. 
When we say Reb Shimon Hanasi, we're trying to find out, was Reb Shimon ever a Nasi? Why are we calling him Reb Shimon Hanasi? He wasn't a Nasi. Or maybe we're just saying calling him a Nasi because he was quoting the halacha of a Nasi. Tashma, come listen, number of Yosef, halacha Reb Shimon Hanasi, which means that, uh, that was, that was uh, who he was. Vadanya Sibayalach Nasi, who Aydikamar Mishmei Nasi. But you can still ask, they said he said, maybe he meant Mishmei Nasi. So take we're unsure. Gufa, a piece of a previously quoted uh, uh, yeah, piece of a previously quoted statement. Amr Rabbi Yosef, Halacha of Shimon Anasi. But we said that the words of a Shibir are like it, are like it's a contract, and therefore, why are you giving it back to the sender? It should be a contract, meaning it already it's like the contract was signed and it already belongs to Levi. Why are you giving it back to Ruben's heirs? Rabbi Yosef Muki Rabbi Yosef says the whole case that you give it back. Is only when Ruvain was healthy at the time that he sent it. And if he was healthy at the time that he sent it, so then it's not Matna Shiv There's a big difference whether the guy who's at the, the guy who's di- who's died, Ruvain gave money to Shimon to pass the Levi. And Ruvain dies. If Ruvain would be a Shiv at the time that he gave it to Shimon, the halacha is the giving it over to Shimon is like a contract. So Levi acquired it automatically. So of course Shimon's going to give it to Levi's inheritors. But if Reuven died, not as a Shemira, Reuven died because he was in an accident. So then we're going to say that um, it goes back to Reuven's heirs because there was nothing for there was nothing there to help Levi acquire it. Rabbi Yosef Mukila Beberi. Okay, says the Gemara. But he says it should go to the Yarshim of the Mishalech Vakamal and Mitzagam Divriames. And if it's Mitzagam Divriames, it should go to the heirs of Levi, not the heirs of Ruvain. Answer the Gemara Tani, we should learn, Yachsirul Mishalech, it goes back to Ruvain as opposed to Ruvain's children. So the Gemara is agreeing with this, and the Gemara is saying, you're right. Whenever we say it goes back to, the, to Ruvain, it's only if Ruvain's alive. If Ruvain Taka would be dead, the halacha would be you automatically pass it on to the children of. Of uh, Levi, pass it on to the inheritors of Levi. Hadron Allah Hamevi Kama, Hadron Allah Hamevi Kama, Hadron Allah Hamevi Kama. What is Hamevi Kama? What does that mean? What's Hamevi Kama? The first Hamevi, yeah, the first Hamevi. Why? The, ne- the very next, how'd Parakala start? Hamevi get Mimdina Sayam. Look at the first two words of the second Parak. Hamevi get Mimdina Sayam starts the same way. So every parak is named after the first couple words. So therefore, the uh, the printer put in Hadron Allah Hamevi Kama. The the two prokim both have the same name. They're both called Hamevi Get. So Hamevi Kama. We 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 made a, a siyum Mazel Tov to everybody who completed the very first Halakha parak of Meseches Gitin. We got to cover ground here. Let's go. Second parak. All right. Hamevi Get. Medina Siyam. Person brings a get from Eretz. Um, uh, from Medina Sayam to Eretz He says in front of me it was written But he doesn't say it was sealed So remember we learned in Parakal You have to say it was written and sealed in front of me What if he says it was written in front of me But he doesn't say it was sealed Where he says in front of me it was sealed It wasn't written in front of me Or if he says the entire thing was written in front of me But only saw one I only saw a part of it signed Meaning I only saw one aid sign I didn't see the other aid sign in all these cases, puzzle, it's not a good get. What if, what if uh, two people 
show up with the get, and one guy says it was written in front of me, the other guy says it was signed in front of me, also a puzzle. You need one guy to say that it was written and signed in front of me. You can't have two guys showing up, one guy says, yeah, I know it was written, one guy says, I know it was signed. It has to be one. Shnai Maimer Vaneinu. One person who can make the entire statement. Who can make both? Yeah. I mean, who can make this, the both statements? Both statements, that's right. Shnai Maimer Vaneinu Nechta. What if two people come and they say it was written in front of us? And only one of them says it was signed in front of me. Ready for this? Puzzle. Major Chiddush. It's puzzle. Two guys say it was written in front of us, and one guy says it was signed in front of me, and the second guy can't say that. It's still not going to be kosher. Okay? Incredible. Why is that word? Because one of the Adem, because you have, an, you have two Adem now, and one of the Adem is puzzle. So that one puzzle aid. Because, because he can only say half the statement. No, no, it can make half the statement. Yeah. Right, so he's going to get in the way, as the Gora will explain. For Vyuda Makshir, Vyuda says, no, that's not called getting in the way. And he says, no, you're not a witness anymore. If you can only say Bifanei Nechtav, you're not called a witness to this. Witness. Yeah, you're not included. So now I have one guy who's saying Bifanei Nechtav, Bifanei Nechtam, and we're good to go. Beautiful. One guy says in front of me it was signed. So one guy says it was written by me, and two guys say it was signed by us. Kosher. Everybody will agree it is kosher. To be explained in the Gemara. Zog the Gemara. Hasu lama. Hasu lama li. Why do you got to go back to this halacha all the way in the beginning of the first parak? Oh, b'fani nachta, b'fani nachta. Hotan alechadazim already learned it once. Maybe gam dina sayam. Our very first parak, our very first mishnah. A person brings a get from overseas. Sarok shemar b'fani nachta, b'fani nachta. We got to say the whole thing. And our, all our mishnah saying is, oh, by the way, if you don't, it's possible. Shkayich. Shkayich maishatovya. We did that uh, 13 blot ago. Answer the Gemara, if it would be from that Mishnah, I would have thought to say, uh, I would have thought to say that you, um, uh, that you need to say before Nechta, before Nechta, and if he doesn't say it, it's still going to be kosher, therefore the Kiddush of our Mishnah is that it's completely possible, okay? You would say, ah, oh, is like lechatchila. Lechatchila, you need to do it. Comes along the rest of the Mishnah over here and lets us know that no, it's not going to be good. If a person says half of it was written and and uh, and uh, I'm sorry, a person says half of it was written in front of me, but it was completely signed in front of me. Still puzzle. Says the Gemara, hey chetzyai, which half? Is he talking about? If he says that the first half of the get is in front of him, what do we learn in Parakalif? Yeah, what do we learn? It's fine. You, right, you just need to be around. You don't need to see the, the entire writing. He saw the second half of the get. Okay. Now, since he only saw the second half of the get, it's not so clear who the get was was written for, and therefore he can't testify that he saw anything. If he says it was all written in front of me, and but only one aid signed in front of me, it's also possible. Even if two people <coughs> testify that the second guy signed it appropriately, puzzle is going to be puzzle. My time, why? Because either. The get's going to be kosher through b'fanei nechta b'fanei nechtam, or is going to be kosher through the uh, the gzera derabanan 
that we, we treat them like two witnesses. Basically, Rava, Rava's challenging question. So now the Gemara is going to ask what was bothering Rabiel when we got to the Mishnah, and that is like this. Right? We said that if you have two guys, one guy says it was all written in front of me, and then you have a, a second guy show up about the signing. This second guy is going gonna, is, is gonna to get in the way. Okay? So he says, um, so what are you trying to find where? Hashtadika tray, puzzle. Yeah? On the bottom line. Bottom line of So is you ever going to find a case where one aid would be accepted, but now that a second aid showed up, he's going to get in the way? El Amarava, rather, Rav explains, Afilu, even, top of Ahmed Beige, who the acher me'idin al chasimas yad sheni puzzle. What it means is that even if this shliach shows up and he doesn't, he can't say that the whole thing was signed in front of me, but he brings a second aide who could testify to the second, uh, to, to, the, to the other signature, it's still going to be possible. Even though I now have Edom on both signatures. My timer, why? People are going to confuse it with regular Kiyom Shtaris. They're going to say as follows, Vikanafik. And we're going to remove Nechi Riva Dimemaina Apuma Dechad Sada. People are going to assume that you can make partial payments based upon partial testimony. In other words, over here, what's happening is you have this messenger showing up and he can't claim that he saw the second, the, the second signature who signed it. So we said, well, bring somebody else to establish the get. To establish that signature and you'll be fine. Says the Gemara, no, we don't want to allow it to happen. Why? I how's it gonna get the way? Because if we allow it to happen, people will start saying that um, even if one aid signs, there's enough credibility to one aid to allow some part of the psak to uh, to um, uh, take effect. And we know it's not true by Dini Mumnus, you always need two aid. Master Rashi, Rashi has a challenging question. Is it possible to have a midi something that if the aid would say an entire statement kosher, the get's going to be kosher. But now that there's another aid with him, puzzle, it's going to get in his way. Meaning again. We should allow the get to be valid because why is the second aid getting in the way? Ravashi is bothered by what we were bothered by the Mishnah. Right? One guy could give the testimony, the other guy cannot. Even if the Shliach comes and says like this, ready? In front of me was written. In front of me, one aid signed, and I'll tell you why, because I'm the second aid. I'm going to testify that I saw. One aid, and I'm the second aid on the get. Okay, and he so you have one witness on the get bringing uh, bringing the star. Puzzle. My time away. I kula bekiyam get. I kula be takonas chacham. Either because it's going to be kosher through kiyam get, like we learned, uh, like we learned before, or through takonas chacham that we're going to establish this guy as shnei edim, but we're not going to combine the two. Okay, meaning. That when this aide says that, uh, you know, I know it's my own signature. So now, why are we believing him? Because he's saying it's a signature. We're not believing him because of, uh, because of the Chum believe people who uh, bring a get. And we always trust somebody to show up and say, I'm the aide. 
How else do you know? But you say, did you ever sign on this? Yeah, I signed on it. Okay, that's how you know. So by, by him saying, though, that I saw one signature and the second signature is mine, what he's doing is he's establishing that it's his, it's his, um, uh, it's his testimony and therefore he can no longer function as the shliach. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah. So he's passing himself. Yeah, he's passing himself because he's play, he, can't, he can't play both roles. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah before he knocked up, he knocked up, he knocked up, he knocked up, what is the, you know, what is the uh, other chetzi? What is the other half? Okay, meaning I'm testifying about part of it. I'm not testifying about the other part of it. If you're going to say the case is the case is where there's nobody to testify at all. Now, if one person says in front of the guy says, so one guy says it was signed in front of me, one says it was written in front of me. The one who gave testimony is on the whole thing. Each one's testifying completely puzzle. It's going to be it's going to be puzzle. Do you need to tell me about Chetzel? Of course it's not going to be kosher. Even if the whole thing is there, it's going to it's puzzle. So why would I say Chetzel? Ella rather. Either we're dealing with Rava. Either will follows uh, either will follow Rava's approach. Okay, what was Rava's approach? That if I'm the if I'm the messenger. I also cannot be the one who's testifying to my own signature. Like, like you pointed out, you can't be uh, playing uh, two roles. That was uh, Rava's reason why it's going to be uh, possible. So I go Rava, I could Ravashi, or we're following Ravashi's reasoning. Again, that you can't, uh, you, you can't utilize both reasons to be accepted. And it's coming to exclude the view of Rav Chista. Will tell you, but according to you, if he says it's written in front of you, but not sealed in front of me, why do I, uh, why do I need that case? What's it, what's it adding? Of course it's possible. Allah rather, sometimes the Mishnah, you could say, I, I already know the Chiddush. And sometimes the Mishnah says, you know, I'll write a smaller Chiddush than a bigger Chiddush. Not only in this case is a puzzle, even in the next case it's going to be a puzzle. So too, over here, our Mishnah, you're right, there's no added Chiddush, but it's a Lai Zuafsu. We're adding on to uh, we're adding on to the Chiddush of the case. Um, Rav Arn, I apologize, your phone just died. I have a, I have a charger. Huh? Oh, you have a charger? Yeah. Tell us to take the restart. No, I'll get it restarted. Huh? I'll get it restarted. I wonder if... Okay. No? We'll write in the recording. Amar Rav Chista, Rav Chista says, we'll catch the Ilam on Zoom up uh, after. Kidut Chamisha Umechitza Chamisha. All right, here we go. Brand new halacha. We want to know what is considered a wall. What's considered a wall? Okay. Why do we want to know what's considered a wall? Because we want to carry on Shabbos. And therefore, we have to create a Rishus Hayachid. See, here's the Shiloh. If you have, you need 10 Tfachim high. So, I was talking to a guy in construction about privacy fences. And in our county, maybe it's a county thing or depending on which area, you're, you can only get a permit for a six foot privacy fence. Okay, in University City at least. 
you can only get for a six foot privacy fence. You can't do anything higher. So I asked him, what do you do if you need a taller? So he said, you build up underneath. You build underneath, you, you raise up and you put a uh, these cement uh, base, like a curb, right? Like a base. And then you put the fence on top of that. So however tall the base is, three feet? Okay, so now I have a nine foot, over at six feet. It blibes, it blibes six feet. So here's the Shiloh. That's the Gemara cup. That's where you do it. So here, but here the Gemara's mom is doing this. To have a ten tefach wall to be considered a wall around the Rosh Hashanah, what if I have the first five tefachim is like, is, yeah, it's just like the, it's a curb or it's an embankment. That's what it's like, you know, off to the side. And then I put a fence above it. Each one's five tefachim. Is that considered a ten tefach fence? Or not. So Amr of Chista Gidud Hamisha, if you have if you have uh, five tvachim of embankment, um machitza chamisha, and then and then a machitza, a wall of five tvachim. In mitstarfim. It's not considered ten tvachim. It's considered ten tvachim, it's considered a a Rishusayachid when each one is Ten tefachim, but the two do not combine. Now, I want to pause for a minute. What's the shaykhs targumara? What's the connection? There's a brand new halacha in uh, in Hilchos so we're only bringing this up because this is very much connected to a guy saying b'fanei nachtam without b'fanei nachtam, and somebody else is filling in for him, saying if one guy says b'fanei nachtam, the guy says b'fanei nachtam, right? Half and half. Could it, could it be mitzdarif exactly? Could it join together or or not? Okay, so Darash Amemar Amemar made a Joshua Gidud Chamisha Mechitza Gidud Chamisha. If you have a, the embankment being five, U Mechitza Hey also Chamisha, and uh, the wall is five. Mitzdarfer he holds it does combine. He says it it, it does connect. The Hilchasa Mitzdarfer it does. Boy Ofa Ofa asked the Shaila Yadayim Tahereis Lechatzon could. Your hands become tohar le Okay, so um, if uh, I wash part of my hand, so does it become Does it become uh, partially tohar? Um, yes. Could you be metayer hands le by not having the entire amount poured on the hands? What do you mean? If we're dealing with two people who are washing with a revius, and I want to know whether they wash their hands properly to remove the tumma, we learned in the Mishnah, for revius, two people can use their hands to wash. So, what do you mean you have a, what does it mean to have a partial, uh, to have a partial amount? Says the Gemara. What does that mean, two? You're, you have to, in order to remove tumma from one's hands, yeah. you have to pour a, at least a revius of water. What if, for example, you have two kaihanim, the levi is holding a revius of water in his hand, and you have both kaihanim put their hands out, and he pours one revius onto two sets of hands. Is it considered like each kaihan had a revius uh, that, that came out onto his hands or not? So says the Gemara. We have we learned the that that's okay, because since the cup the Misa, 
had a revius inside of it. So you washed your hands. Both of them uh, you know, are washing with the revius. So there's no shaila about that. So again, we're trying to understand Ilfa Shaila. The Ella rather, the Kamoshi Chada Yode. Maybe his Shaila is if I want to wash one hand at a time. Okay? So if I want to wash one hand at a time, so now each washing is going to be split up. So even though I originally had a Revius there, it's only going to count for one hand. Because by the time I'm pouring on the other hand, there's no Revius left. Okay? So if, if that's a shy level, that he's washing his hands uh, one, uh, one at a time, so first I'm pouring on one end and then I'm pouring on, on the other end, that's also uh, uh, often a halacha. If a person washes one hand and one's taken to what you're dying, that also works. The Ella, rather, the shayla is, you can wash your hands different ways. Either you can wash your hands by pouring water on it, or you can wash your hands by sticking your hands in a river. Oh. So if I'm if I got one hand in a river and one hand uh, underneath the underneath the cup, that's also going to be uh, that's also going to be uh, valid. Now, um, now what you see from there, you say, how does this answer the question? Because we see from the, here is that you don't need a whole uh, an, an entire revius, right, for a hand. You, the revius that we're saying is for two hands. If a person chooses, they can do. They can stick one hand here, one hand here, and it'll be okay. So everybody will agree that's going to be kosher. Maybe the shaila here is where he's washing half of the hand, not one hand out of the two. I'm washing half of my hand, not the whole thing. But that's also beferish. They learned the yeshiva of Rabbi You got to wash your whole hand. So let's say I go like this. I'm like a mephunic. I, I have my thing and whatever it is. So I can't handle my whole hand being wet at once. So I'm going to wash till my second knuckle. And then I'll dry it. And then I'll wash my palm. And then I'll dry it. And then like that. So you're never fully washing. See. Otherwise, you'd be like, don't you always wash part of your hand? And, right? You move it over your hand. It's partial. What we're dealing with here, it pours, dries, pours, dries. Okay? So, um, so what uh, Rabbi Yanai says, uh, that, that, that ain't going to work. Um, so Gemara says, like Tzricha, the Shaila is, the Ika Mashka Teifeach. That what happens is, you know what it means to wash part of the hand? It means that your hand is wet prior to washing when you're pouring the water on your hand, there already was water on it. Which means, your hand is not completely dry. You know, there are people, when they wash, at the very mas- they're very makhbit, they're very careful, to dry their hands, uh, to dry their hands first. So now, um, the, the shayla is, if a person already had wetness on his hands, and they're washing their hands. So, th- that's where our shayla is. Says uh, who cares if there was uh, if the hand was already wet? Who cares? But but we learned in the mission on top of tomorrow's daf. If a person uh, if a person pours water, or there's water going off a ledge. Okay, so it's like uh, it's running down a hill. and there's enough water there. 
It's not considered a chibur for tumah tara. Remember, we learned this. If you're pouring water from one cup to another cup, and there's a steady stream, do we say that the waters can uh, connect? And we say no. The, it, you know, let's say you have the bottom cup is tahar, is tame, and you're pouring from a pure cup into an impure cup. Over time, yeah, pour a cup into an impure cup. So, um, do we say that the stream connects it, and the upper cup is going to be tarvaka uh, tfares, and also umashketefeach It does not connect lelutuma v'loi letara, and therefore um, we see beferush that you don't consider two parts of the hand as being washed together. It should the, the, it shouldn't be any different. Which Gemara answers. We'll stop here. We're dealing with the first part of the hand was so wet that anything that it touched was able to make the next thing wet as well. Now, when something is so wet, so we'll explain tomorrow. We'll get into this. When something is so wet, um, we can say that that lot of wetness can connect the waters that were on my hand to the waters being poured on my hand. And it, it's all considered water pouring. We we'll explain to this tomorrow, Mr. Shem. All right, Zagabench, we're running uh, two minutes late for Mincha. Zagizim. Oh.